Well, if you saw our episode a few weeks ago uh, on Abraham tent tour, our Abrahamic tent tour of Jeremy Pryor's home, you can recognize that's where I am again. But I'm not here to talk uh, to Jeremy Pryor about his pickleball courts and his fancy swimming spa. Uh, I'm here to uh, talk with his father who lives behind me in this uh, what has become a garage. It's kind of a glorified garage apartment. It's more of a garage house. And there it is behind me there. And we're gonna go inside and talk to Jeremy's parents. Uh, and uh, that's coming up this week. And this is Abraham's Wallet. Join us weekly and create a culture in your family of multi-generational prosperity, spiritually, relationally, physically, intellectually, and financially. Run your home, your dough, like a biblical boss. Okay, Priors, nice to be with you. Thank nice you for your you. time. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing, is that we don't have access to a lot of grandparent types who think the way that you do. So what we have is a lot of people who are... 50 to 30 to maybe 25 who are trying to think multi-generational, trying to work back to the biblical pattern of family and really trying to pull their parents into it. I'm saying all that to say you guys are, are, are rare birds and uh, I really wanted to ask you how and why you're doing what you're doing in, in these magical years of your life when the Bible talks mm. about like basically reaping a harvest with yes. these years. Yes. So I'd like to start with Jerry. Would you just tell us the story of how you guys came here? You weren't. You're not from Northern Kentucky. We're actually from Michigan originally. Okay. But at the time we decided to move here, we were 29 years into living in Seattle. Raised our family there. Uh, served God there in multiple ministries. And so right, we we had a decision to make. We had nine grandkids at the time that I, in a sense, retired from the jobs that I had, put it that way. I was an army chaplain in the National Guard, and I was a pastor at a church, doing those simultaneously. And so um, our son had moved here probably four years ahead of that, something like that. He had moved here from Boston. They had moved here. <clears throat> and at the time, they had uh, four kids. April's parents were living here, his wife. And so we had four grandkids here. And we had five grandkids in Seattle. What did we do? Yeah. So it's, it's like, I was trying to think of an analogy. When you reach that point where you're sort of retired, not really retired, but you've got freedom now. Okay. Right. And the, the analogy I thought of was when I was a teenager and summer vacation began. Oh, <laughs> man. Magical. <laughs> Magical. I was praying to, to the Lord and just anticipating this freedom. And... Um, he, he planted in my mind the word legacy. And it just hadn't really occurred to me, what kind of a legacy do, I want to, do we want to build now? Right. And along with that word came, we have nine grandkids. Nine grandchildren. For an only child. I was an only child. We had three kids. So this, this just seemed like an army. Lord, what do you want us to do with what I would call time, resources, and experience? We've got time in front of us now, Lord willing. We have resources now that 
we built assets. I've been in the Army 32 years, so I had a retirement from the Army, and, and we had you know, loads of experience. I was 59 years old at the time. And young. Well, I think so. It looks, looks young now, I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> <clears throat> and then you came in. We were both on staff at this mega church in Seattle, and we had offices across from each other. Um, one of our responsibilities at the church was to teach a 50-plus class. Many of them were coming to that same decision point. They're retiring from a career, and uh, is, is Arizona beckoning? Sort of that was the right. Seattle place to go right. for retirement. Um, it is. Okay, that's an option. Our grandkids, wherever they live, various places, obviously, to, should we live near them to be, have access to them and more involvement? Um, what do we do? And so I, it, it's like, uh, preacher, you need to pay attention to what you're saying and apply it to yourself. So all, the, all that time of preaching that and saying you have an opportunity now to serve God in a way that you have not had before. And what do you want to do with that opportunity? And so um, I began to apply it to myself. And that's where the legacy idea came in. And the fact that we have nine grandchildren. And, okay, there's some in Kentucky and some in Seattle. So that's a little bit of a dilemma. Okay. And at the time, our oldest daughter was a single parent of two boys. And so she said, if you move, I move. Okay. Now we've got six in Seattle. Right. <laughs> I mean, in Kentucky. Right. And so um, I, I walked into the executive pastor's office on January 1st, 2006, and said, uh, Brother, I'm, it's time for us to move on. Wow. So I resigned from the church. On the day before that, 31 December 2005, I retired from the Army. Army's done. Church is done. And so, again, that, okay, the opportunity is there. Let's go. So six weeks later, we found ourselves here. Fascinating. So you, if I may say, you had the humility to say, instead of saying, look, I'm the patriarch, the children should rally around me, right. to say, um, I will follow wherever roots have been established and we'll just make that family headquarters. Yes. I think that's pretty cool. Um, what, what were you thinking about that? I didn't know what to think, probably totally, but I knew that <clears throat> we didn't want to retire in Seattle or Arizona. <laughs> so I, I, as Jerry talked, I thought, well, it, make, it really makes sense. And he had this, um, <clears throat> uh, what was a list of... Uh, yeah, this, you, around the same time. Sorry. Yeah, you, go ahead. No, that, uh, that influenced me, though. Yeah. Okay. I, I developed <laughs> what I would call, uh, what I call family values for this stage in our life. Okay. okay, as we go forward for as long as God has for us now, these are gonna be the values that are gonna guide our life. I just think it's so important for people to hear the heart of a thoughtful grandparent. Because again, there's, kind of a, there's just kind of an empty space in most people's minds about what, what, what could that stage even look like. Yes. And I, I used to tell my father, my, my dad was like, my influence is done with you. You're a grown man. And I'd be like, dad, you're showing me how, how to grandparent because yes. I don't know how to grandparent. Yes. And so there's thousands of people that will be watching this and listening mm -hmm. to this going like, <clears throat> how are you supposed to think about those things? Because we don't have any models of that. We don't have any mm -hmm. examples. Right. So let's hear some of your, sure. some of your values. Sure. Well, the first one is faith. 
And I, what I've done is I've, I've sort of got a sentence with a verse that sort of applies the value. So the first one is having faith. So we will trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not depend on our own understanding. Seek his will in all we do, and he will direct our paths. So those are my life verses. And so that was a place to start. And so it, it is faith. Okay, I'm, I'm living a pretty secure situation here. Right. We are. The ministry was still tremendous at the church we were serving in. We're both on staff. You know, we're across the hall from each other. Just because we're having a great time and it's fruitful, do we continue? Right. Day and said, Lord, everybody's asking for you. Yes. He said, we're moving on. There's another place to go. So there's, there's a time to camp and pour your life into a ministry or what you're doing. And there's a time to pull up stakes. Uh, it's so rare to see. I'm sure you've seen this tons, both of you that the model that I was shown growing up in uh, Baptist world, Southern Baptist world in Houston is where I grew up. And then I was a missionary for years after college mm-hmm. and on a church staff for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And um, the model that we're constantly shown as being the great, this is the great example, is William Carey. So I don't know if you know William Carey's yeah. story, yeah. the first uh, missionary to India, and he famously gave his son away so that he could go on to the mission field, gave his son to another family, mm. and his wife went crazy on the mission field. Yeah. And everybody goes, this is the guy, don't you see what he sacrificed? Instead of going and... and the examples proliferate of people saying that they sacrificed their family for the sake of ministry yeah. and we're supposed to applaud them when scripturally <laughs> sacrificing your family disqualifies you from yes. ministry. Yes. And so here we see you prioritizing the prospect, not even a certain thing. You don't know what you're going to, right. but the prospect of investing in your family mm-hmm. over sure fruit. If you stay in Seattle, there's yes. sure fruit. Sure. So it's awesome. So profound. Please yeah. continue. So about this time, let me just interject this here. Uh, Jeremy has started one of his many businesses. Yes. <laughs> our, our son is an entrepreneur. I've got about 1% entrepreneurship in my genes. So he didn't get it from me. Uh, and he had a business that required a buyer. He was selling things on the Internet. He said, Dad, our, our, our buyer just resigned. And we were talking about moving here or not. He said, if you move here, you can be my buyer. Mm. Work with me. Mm. I just learned the computer mm-hmm. and at, this, at, the, at the church we were at. And um, the whole thing was going to be computer. I'll try it. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's go. Love it. So the second value is family. So we will teach them the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in understanding. Purpose in coming would be not just to enjoy the grandkids, but actually purposely influence them through education, the Word of God. And as it turned out, we helped many of them in their homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, Janet taught several to read and uh, as they were young. And um, so we, we had a ball, mm-hmm. you know, just it, having that opportunity to, through actually education, part of which is the Bible, but just the A, Bs, and Cs, yeah. teach our grandkids. It's sometimes God's will is... Uh, to be close, but for us, we ended up in Seattle. My mother's in Georgia, and I <laughs> so for me, it was a test. Uh, it was it was really hard for me. I had to I think I grieved for 
a while. I wish I had embraced it more, but <laughs> because she was so far away. I said to my dad, you know, move to Seattle. I want to take care of her. And he said, no, <laughs> we're staying here. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I think it was a test for me in those years of accepting God's will, which wouldn't have been my first choice to be that far away from her. Right. So as you know, the word says, grandchildren are the crowning glory of the aged. That's something to contemplate. The, the, the crowning jo glory. I mean, whoa. I thought it was a low handicap. Yeah. <laughs> crowning glory of yeah, the agent. That would be good too, but this is better. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, what do, you do, what do you do with that? Well, if they're our glory, then we better glory in them. We better enjoy them. Exalt. Yes. Promote. Um, impart something of us in them. And that, I guess a word there you could use as influence. Mm -hmm. You have influence one way or another. You know, you could be the distant grandparent right. that we see twice a year. Yep. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's an option. It's an option. Or you could actually be involved every week of their life. But I also think prayer is probably the most important aspect. Yeah. Oh, you're, it's down on <laughs> the list, eh? <laughs> so that's the thing that stands out for me. I mean, what a gift that we can, you know, we don't, if we don't have influence over them or we don't, you know, they're resistant, we can always pray. And I just think that's a tremendous gift for grandparents. So I'll jump to that one. It's, yeah. it's not the next one, but it doesn't matter. They're not in order. Yeah. So the, the way we capture this is, so we are committed to every time we think of you, we give thanks to God. We always pray for you and we make our requests with a heart full of joy. So we've developed different strategies over the years to be very specific, to be rhythmic. Yeah, and I think we were exposed to some good materials for um, intercessory prayer. Yeah, there's a, a business called The Family Business. It's a lady that's put together prayer through the scripture. She has volumes and volumes of taking scripture. Wow. And she's got one little booklet called For the Family. And it is my favorite. We use it all the time. And uh, <clears throat> I just feel like prayer is powerful. But when you use God's words, it's even more powerful. So, you know, we obviously have more access to Jeremy's five kids. <clears throat> and we're more aware of their life. So we've had to work a little harder. Uh, oh, and then the two boys who have lived with us half the time. Uh, our, uh, and our one grandson has just left for a year of Bible study in Australia. So it's really... We're, so he lived there for a year. Yeah. He, he, in fact, our oldest grandson is living in our basement right now. But um, so they, you know, they didn't have a dad in their life. So Jerry really uh, you know, was very active. In, in their life. And like I said, they lived with us half of the time when our daughter had such a schedule, you know, she couldn't function, but. So with them, I've had to lean on the last part, grandparent. Mm -hmm. right. So I've done a lot of parenting yeah. in these two boys' life. And um, it's hard because I'd, lo I'd love just to be a, a grandpa. Of course, just, mm -hmm. to, just to like auxiliary right. support. Right, but it's, it's it gotta be hands-on. Yeah. They, they had to have it and I gave it. And so the, um, actually, even in choosing what name we wanted our grandkids to call us, I was very purposeful on that, to use Papa, mm. not Grandpa, mm. Papa, which has a broader application. Right. And, um, and so that's, again, being part of being intentional on what you choose. Smart. 
Number four would be enjoyment, and this is where things get kind of fun for me. Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying this conversation with Jerry and Janet Pryor. I certainly loved talking to them. And uh, I've got two pieces of advice for you. Uh, one, if you need to get anywhere, um, I recommend doing it at 4.30 in the morning. You're not really gonna fight any traffic. I'll oh, see there's a few cars behind me there. But uh, boy, the streets are quite quiet. Secondly, I got a great proverb to throw at you. It's Proverbs 29:22, I believe it is. That's my guess. It says, see a man skilled with his hands. He will not stand before obscure men. He will stand before kings. I think it's a great reminder that um, you don't have to be wonderfully networked and have great connections to end up with wonderful opportunities if you'll just commit yourself to being great at your craft whatever your thing is that's your vocation just be great at it and and work on excelling in that thing um, we love to recommend that people every year you do some kind of conference some kind of um, some kind of job sharpening so that you stay on the cutting edge as much as you possibly can in your industry always know what the newest technology is always know what trends are hot so that you can recommend that to potential customers etc i'll give you that verse one more time see a man skilled in his work or it can also say skilled with his hands he will not stand before obscure men. He will stand before kings. I'll tell you one more thought on that is, you know, if your job is being a plumber, you might be, uh, you know, fixing sinks in uh, trailer homes for a minute. You might be doing that for a couple of years, but if you will be excellent at your work, you will not stay doing trailer part work. You'll be doing installs at malls and for uh, office buildings, etc. So that's a thought for you guys. So just to be excellent in your work, I'll throw you back over to the priors. Bless you. Number four would be enjoyment, and this is where things get kind of fun for me. Enjoy life with a woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life. Hallelujah. <laughs> so it's our time. Not just exclusively our time, yeah. but a lot of it's our time. Yeah. And how we use that is our choice. But, um, you know, as you know, with ministry in a church, um, you're, you're grinding it uh, day after day. Sunday's a work day. You don't, you don't really get a day off. You sort of do, okay, I get a day off during the week, but you're thinking ministry and yeah. probably preparing something. And yeah. So even though you may have a date night and those things, it's, it's just very intense. That last year was very intense which brought him to um, the spring of that year where he had a heart attack. And we, you know, I think... After we moved here. I, th I think it was such an intense year that the stress, I mean, you know, out of 5,000, you only lost three, which was amazing. Um, but still, you know, Jerry had to find those families and tell them within four hours that their, their soldier had, had passed away. So... It, it was really a very intense year. Tell me this, Jerry. Uh, 
Jeremy is a, he is a uh, respected leader. A lot of people defer to him. Yeah. I think of the way that even Midrash's work, uh, you know, you two guys walk in and everybody's like, okay, the leaders are here. How do you, how do you navigate uh, supporting him mm-hmm. or... Well, I'm his father, and so I, you know, I'll declare a couple of things. What, how do you navigate that that relationship? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. When we first moved here again, 17 years ago, Jeremy had a home church, and well, he's kind of the leader. There was a home church of which he was kind of the leader. Yeah, almost de facto. It's he yeah. wasn't called the pastor, but yeah. <clears throat> and so we um, we just come out of doing church for all the years we were in Seattle. So I, I knew a thing or two about Yeah, I know how to do this. Yeah. 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 I've got some opinions. Sure, sure. <laughs> so we go to Starbucks after one of these Sunday gatherings, and I'd have a little input. What do you think of this, Jeremy? What do you think of that? And he'd be silent. He'd just, okay, mm-hmm. okay. He wouldn't do a thing I, I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> and it was about, about two or three of those episodes. I had an epiphany. Oh, he doesn't want to hear that. If he wants to ask me, fine. I will not do that again. And one of my models for that is uh, in Scripture, the Levites served until they were 50. And then they backed off and said, next generation, but we're here. And if you need help, we'll help. But you've got it. You're the leader now. You guys are the leaders now. We had our time. It's, it's time to hand the torch. It's interesting the uh, making that transition from being sort of active vocal patriarch to support character went along with the way that the houses work, that you had that sort of center place, rallying point, and now you've got this very unique situation where your home is really an appendage to Jeremy and April's home. That's right. Yeah. It's really cool. What I'd like to talk about now is I want really practical help from you guys regarding the way that you put your week or your month, your rhythms together. So we know what your we know that your mornings are together, yeah. like to go to lunch and have that quiet time of, of conversation, prayer, contemplation. How do you and you've told us that you have four times I heard four times a year uh, cousins party. Yeah. Yes. Um, what other rhythms are part of your part of your week and your month, including like celebrating your Shabbat, etc.? Yeah. Let's start with our what I would call the sort of the church activities okay. or family activities that we're part of, okay. and the weekly Shabbat Friday night. We're we're part of that. We um, often other families or guests are coming. Some other cousins may come, but we're always part of that. Mm-hmm. Thursdays is an evening that has kind of a variety. We do one week is a prayer and fasting. And then we, we break the fast with supper. Another one is open supper, where we invite neighbors. Uh, somebody met somebody at the grocery store and invited them over. Um, uh, somebody's from out of town, come on in. It's sort of the, the open end of the funnel. Uh-huh. Then on uh, Sunday night is, is our sort of our church gathering. And that looks different every week. So we two, two Sundays of the month, we'll fully gather and we'll worship together, share our lives together. Have the Lord's Supper. Have communion, 
uh, sometimes people will bring instruments, sometimes that'll just be on the screen. Um, and if there's needs toward the end, we'll gather around and pray for each other. If somebody's being sent out, a young person or a family has right. got a mission trip, of course, we'll support that with prayer. Yeah. Uh, the other two are men's night and women's night. So the other two Sunday nights, it'll either be one of those in between the gatherings. Mm-hmm. And so that we'll meet back here, play pickleball, and then Jeremy will open it up and say, okay, what's, what's a win, what's a challenge mm-hmm. that you've had this past week or recent, in recent days? And the ladies will be usually in the front porch or... Yeah, it varies. We've gone to varies. restaurants. We've done yeah. a lot of things, yeah. So that's, that's the church life okay. that we're a part of. But, but then Saturday night is, is game night with Papa. So, the, you know, here the kids are 23, 24, and they're still coming to game night. And it varies every Saturday night. Tell me again how you use the different parts of this home. Two bedrooms that aren't bedrooms are used. Jerry's got a den. We call it the den. Yeah, den slash office. So that's where I'll spend my time studying, thinking, counseling, um, watching sports, ironing. <laughs> I'll do those together. <laughs> when, we, when he was in seminary, we first were married. I, you know, he loves sports. He loves them. So I said, well, you know, I think it's okay, but it's kind of a waste of time. But if you could fold the laundry while you're doing it, you know, and so he started doing that when we were in our 20s. And so I never complained about him. <laughs> Um, and then now he said, well, I can do that. But the one thing I'll never do is iron. Well, since he's retired, he, bec- he is the best ironer. And we like our clothes to iron. And so I just delight in it. I open my closet and all the stuff he's ironed. So it, it's kind I, of I draw the line at underclothes and socks. Uh-uh. No way, man. <laughs> never iron socks. So the kids yeah. laugh at us because, you know, yeah. we iron sheets. And, you know, they oh. iron sheets. Who does that? <laughs> So anyway, it's just kind of what we like. And then I have this office here. So I had a little business, uh, Jeremy, when he started, uh, what was it, websites? Marketplace. I said, well, I guess I could get a website. So I, I, so I had it for 10 years and I sold military rings. And you've had uh, grandchildren living with you, you say? Yeah, the loft idea was the, the Heidi, you know, for grandchildren. We thought that would be a fun thing for them um, and just the latter. Yeah. And so, yeah, when we first came in there, we had overnights there. So um, we had guys and gals staying up there often. Yeah. Do a big breakfast down here. Great. Yeah, yes, Jerry's then really it be- good. Then it became a, be- uh, you know, a bedroom, so. Uh-huh. But that's okay. It's now back to its original state. Right. I think Jerry and I made a decision to learn from our kids, not to feel, um, because they understand this culture and this generation better than we do. You know, it's so foreign, even, I mean, we, we grew up in the, the 50s, 60s, 70s. It's a different world. So, so really it's us fitting into their culture. And not that, not that we don't have our own um, values and way of doing things. But we have to we recognize if, if we're going to have influence, if we're going to get involved, then we, we have to understand, okay, this is the way we do, they do things. We can do that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the way they worship? Uh, we can do that. Mm-hmm. We can adapt. It's fine. Great. And it broadens our experience as well as allows us to participate. Well, I said this 
um, at the beginning. I just want to say it again. The Lord says that there's wisdom in gray hairs. And the Lord also says that we're to honor those with gray hairs. And the, the sad reality is for the, the pop church, we brush those people aside because uh, I don't know, they can't make hay like the 35 year olds or it's not cool or something. But um, you, you guys are where where we want to go. You know, it's like there's a there's a journey that we want to take if we're going to follow Abraham. And it's here. It's this. It's this picture. You know, we we always talk about the the picture of a successful life isn't having commas on your string of net worth, um, mm -hmm. having that number as long as possible. It's the picture of being surrounded by your grandchildren at the Shabbat table. Mm -hmm. That's successful mm -hmm. life. And you guys are so rare that you've had the humility to go, we will cash in all of the chips on the American lie about what's valuable and to put all of our eggs in the basket of family. Because as you said, we're really just here to serve the kingdom. And if the Lord told us what I really want you to do is spend the rest of your days in a river, then we'd go find rivers and we'd go stand in the rivers. But what he says is invest in your family. And most people don't want to make that trade. And I honor and am so encouraged at you guys. And I appreciate the wisdom that's in you and the humility to take this place in your life because you guys have more knowledge and experience and wisdom than 99% of the people that you come across in your life. And yet you, you walk through life going like, it's not time in life for us to be the stars anymore. We're supposed to be this supporting thread of wisdom that runs alongside like people have access to us like a library and they can come access us when they want, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyways, I just really appreciate that because you're so rare and I just bless you and thank you for being willing to share your hearts with our people. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, one thing I would say about a lifelong is that when you've seen God do miracles in your life from the beginning to the end, it's easy to release and say, your way is better. <clears throat> and um, and that's, that's certainly been our experience from the beginning to the end. And uh, we hope our grandchildren will experience that same uh, acceptance of God's will in their life so that they can have those joys and uh, see God work miracles like we have. Hey, if you liked this content, be sure to like it and subscribe and share it with somebody. And remember, no matter how you're doing and leading your family, God's love for you is huge and His grace is planted, planted.